Welcome to another episode of Awaken Now What. I'm your host, JR. And I'm your co-host, Helen. This is a podcast to help illuminate your spiritual awakening and ascension. Today we have a spotlight episode for you, and our guest is Murphy Barney. Let's all welcome Murphy. Hi, Murphy. Nice Hi, to meet you. everyone. You as well. So, Murphy, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, about your uh, spiritual journey um, on this earth plane so far. Yeah. Um, so when I think back, um, I was a spiritual child. Like I remember outlining some sort of religion or creed that I was uh, going to author when I was in grade school in my journal. And so I've always had some um, spiritual aspects to my life. Um, I was raised, uh, born and raised in Bismarck, North Dakota in the United States. Um, and then when I was 18, I more or less like took the route of running away from everything. Um, I lived in five different countries. Um, throughout school and work. And I still had a spiritual life. Um, I was meditating on and off. But otherwise, looking back, I wasn't really living in my body um, and had turned off most of my emotions. And then I decided to go to grad school. Um, and during grad school, I um, the last semester in 2019, uh, something rather horrific happened and I landed in a therapist chair. Um, and from there, I joined a 12-step program for adult children of addicts, um, started listening to podcasts, reading books on trauma, um, but was still definitely frequently in a place of emotional overwhelm, uh, funky relationship patterns, um, and things like that. Um, and then I tried EMDR therapy. Um, and from there, I just sort of like kept trying things out. Um, and I actually, a couple of weeks ago, I tallied in a spreadsheet. I was trying to keep track of all of the different healing modalities that I've tried. Um, and from memory and I've, I've engaged with about 36 or more. Um, so, so I, I do finally live in my body, uh, which is really a joy. And I recently moved to Vermont, um, to be more connected with community and the land. Um, but looking back at the 36 things I've tried over the past like two and a half, three years, um, the theme of my life right now really is sort of surrender and trust and just trying to make sure that I'm not in a constant state of trying to like uh, fix myself um, is where I am now. I've learned a lot over the past couple of years and um, really enjoyed the process of sort of seeing myself as a human onion um, layer by layer. Um, but, um, right now I'm just trying to, to sort of slow a bit, um, and allow myself to just live in a little bit more surrender and trust. Wow. Can you, uh, expand a little bit on more of EMDR therapy? What is, exactly is that? Yeah. So I'm going to, um, probably not get the, it right, uh, what it stands for, but it's an, um, an eye movement therapy, um, that's really, uh, helpful for folks who have, uh, PTSD and complex PTSD, um, prior to its, um, sort of, uh, arrival on the scene, um, a lot of, uh, care and, and support for folks with PTSD was, um, just sort of mitigating different symptoms and different, um, uh, sort of co-symptoms of PTSD, but with EMDR, they can really, um, you and your therapist can really like get to, uh, core, core things. And I had a, I had a therapist that was really helpful with seeing it as, um, 
as like these threads that they pull on. So you go back to core memories um, and do some reprocessing all while um, rapidly moving your eyes. There's also sound options um, for EMDR. And then from there, um, it's sort of these threads get pulled on. And so these uh, things unravel and they, and it just makes living um, with the brain that I have uh, just so much more quiet and um and I, I, I heard somebody say once, and I, couldn't, I could not agree more, that after EMDR, it was sort of like um, that moment when you step out of a nightclub and um, you didn't realize how loud it was in the club until you stepped out of it. And that's sort of what post-EMDR brain um, felt like. It was really transformative. Wow. wow. And how many sessions did you have or, was, or how long in months yeah. were you there? I was in EMDR once a week for a couple months, um, and after EMDR, I would sleep for like 14 hours. Um, and so, for some folks, it's, it's EMDR is really effective for for individuals who have like one uh, sort of like um, uh, big or like one event that they're working through, um, and it can be as in as uh, quick as like one or or two sessions that can sort of get to the core of that. Um, for myself and for others with more complex PTSD, um, it can take a little bit longer. So I was, I was, I would say once a week for about four months, I was doing EMDR. So when you say pulling at these threads, you're, you're, what does an actual EMDR session look like? Yeah. So it's sort of a process where you start off and you go through a timeline of your life, um, and think about like core, uh, moments or, uh, that had a big impact on you. Um, that you'd like to reprogram. And then from there, you um, think about and create a list uh, with your uh, care provider of um, like positive cognitions that you can uh, reprogram that memory with so that um, your belief about that memory isn't say, I am damaged or I am unlovable or things like that. You find a new new uh, core belief that that does ring true to you. And it's a process of of um, of getting to uh, of reprogramming so that you can start to believe that is true about yourself and about the world that you live in. That is so cool. So you're essentially unwiring and rewiring those old neural connections in your brain that believe a certain way about that situation, so you can feel different about it in the future. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. And something I've learned about trauma healing lately, recently, is that it doesn't happen without reprogramming. Like there's the part mm -hmm. where we heal the trauma, but then there has to be reprogramming. So where are you at right now? Like what's your current state? What's your current journey? Uh, what do you, uh, what do you do for a living? Yeah. So, um, I am, um, my background is in public health. Um, and my big sort of thing is, uh, storytelling as a tool for health equity. Um, and that's what I do, um, as in my job. Um, and then I also, um, for those who are familiar with human design, I'm an MG. And so I have many other things going on also. Um, I'm also a doula, um, and a doula for me is also very much a spiritual practice, um, my practice is grounded in birth as a ceremony um, and of like the immense privilege of crossing thresholds besides birthing people. Um, and then I also, I write a weekly newsletter focused on love, storytelling, and rematriation. Um, I'm a two-spirited Shoshone woman. And so um, I, ha I hold this deep belief. Um, and my hope with the, the newsletter is that 
I can sort of cultivate a community of people um, who believe that the wisdom of our ancestors and roots will really guide us to a more just and compassionate world. Um, my thinking sort of is that like my ancestors survived the end of the world as they knew it. Um, and here they are dancing and celebrating and hosting ceremony. And so it seems to me that like through a process of rematriation, uh, we can resurface the deep wisdom that the world needs so much right now. And not just from native ancestors, but really from like all formerly and presently colonized communities. I think that wisdom is really what will guide us to um, a more just world. You're doing amazing, beautiful work for the world. <laughs> Thank you, Helen. Can you expand on the two-spirited Shoshone woman? Because I'm not sure if most people will understand what that is. Yeah, so I'm two-spirited, and two-spirited is a... Um, it was coined in 1990, uh, the term, and it's it means very many different things to different uh, folks who are two-spirited. Um, but um, for me, it is... Um, it is a, an identity of not being uh, straight or heterosexual. Um, and then Shoshone is my tribe. I am from uh, Wind River Shoshone, um, which is in Wyoming. And um, I grew up in North Dakota because of the boarding school system. My great-grandmother was put into a boarding school um, sort of on the border of North Dakota and Minnesota um, when she was young. And so she was a rare case where she stayed and taught in that boarding school. Um, and and so that's how we became uh, North Dakota. But my tribe is um, Wind River Shoshone of Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you give us an example of because you mentioned not feeling not living in your body of a before mm -hmm. and after of that journey for yourself? Yeah. So the best example I have right now um, currently is that I am buying a house. I'm in the, the process of buying a home, which is just like such a dream for me to create like a, I have, um, it'll be on a lot of land um, where I can grow uh, traditional plants and um, herbs for my doula babies. And it's just such a dream to have a space that I can make all my own and have my siblings there and things like that. Um, but I say that to say that um, there is no time in my life where I've been under such a microscope of every detail of my life is home buying. Um, and everything can change in a moment. You know, it's just like there's, it's not like you decide you want to buy a home and then you just are the owner of it. There's so many processes and so many people who have a say in that process. And I have been regulated the entire time. There have been moments of some anxiety, um, but it's just been like, when I, when I think about had I done this process one or two years ago, or even when I think about small things that could just really hijack my, my brain and my nervous system um, not that long ago, and now just being able to be in my body, um, calm, uh, regulated uh, through the process of this significant life change, it just um, is a testament to that, um, that it's possible to sort of uh, put my trust in, in, put my trust in myself for the things that I can do and I'm in control of, and then let go and just sort of surrender. Um, I'm somebody who has a relationship with a higher power. And so to surrender that and just be like, there are certain things that there's nothing I can do about right now. Um, so I'm just going to do what I can and, and, and stick to the practices that I know work for me, like meditation and, um, 
herbs and I'm seeing an acupuncturist right now and also just finding time for like play and um, I recently started rollerblading again and things like that where it's just like actually enjoying being in my body and um, having that time connecting and reconnecting to joy exactly yeah and I recently moved from Brooklyn to New York or to Vermont and so I'm outside a lot more swimming uh, doing things like that rollerblading seems to be a theme throughout the past few episodes for some, who who was it that said they rode they started rollerblading again, Helen, or was it a, a, was a it? An interview? Oh, it was an interview. Uh, yeah, one of the BTS interviews. But yeah, a lot of people seem to be, to love rollerblading. It seems. <laughs> yeah, it's a joyful it's a joyful endeavor, for sure. Yeah, I need to buy a yeah. pair. A new pair. Yeah, definitely. So, what what are your uh, pieces of advice for someone who's listening that is constantly dysregulated? that is constantly not in their body. Uh, you, you've done, you've had a, a tremendous healing journey yourself. So um, say someone who's listening doesn't know where to start, where should they start? Um, I think they should um, start where it feels comfortable and manageable. Um, I am somebody who wants to do the most like efficient and effective way. And I, um, initially saw healing as um, no matter how much people told me that healing is not a linear journey I was like no it will be for me it has to be like if I'm making some sort of progress I want it to be um, you know I don't want to take steps backwards and things like that and um, I've started to see healing as sort of a spiral like as you move up the spiral you're going to bump into the same things over and over but um, they're going to be more manageable and they're going to be um, they're going to teach you new things And so um, I would say start where it feels manageable. And if you try to like push or force yourself into things you're not ready for, it's just not, it's going to keep you where you are rather than allowing you to sort of move up that, um, that spiral. And, you know, it's challenging because it, it is a life's journey. And I think for a lot of us, we want it to be like, okay, these things happened and now I can, um, heal them. Um, and then once they're healed, I will be this fully formed, healed individual, um, and, and rather than that, as I, I think I referenced earlier, we're sort of onions and there's these layers and you'll come up against things again. And it's sort of, um, I think some of my other advice would be to like, learn to love that process, um, and find some, um, some humor in it, if you can, and some, um, humility and some forgiveness and just sort of allow yourself to laugh at yourself and be like, Oh, here we are again. All right. Like, cool we've seen this before and and you know and just sort of like make friends with all those parts of yourself um I found that the more parts of myself I can make friends with the easier it is for us all to sort of learn to cooperate together um rather than sort of ostracizing or or shutting down certain parts of myself um and then I think that um something that was hard for me that I wish I would have done earlier is allowing myself to heal in community um, and in true community and um, mm. not like convenient community of it works. Um, I'm only there when it works or things like that, but actually really going through things in community and not thinking that I can't be loved or held or seen or a part of something until I'm this fully healed version. Um, and so, yeah, find community and and let community be difficult. Let community be inconvenient um, and stick with it. Nevertheless, um, I worked with a professor in, in grad school who um, 
who defined, you know, what it, what was necessary for humans to flourish. And one of the things he pointed out was um, that we need to be rooted to things and grounded in community. And, and even though it is inconvenient in order for us to truly flourish, um, I, I believe along with him that it, it has to be in the presence of others. What are some of the beliefs that you've transformed from throughout your whole spiritual journey? A belief that um, that you are you are enough because you were born. You're more than enough, and just allowing that uh, it always to be to come back to that. Um, also, a belief in fully just like um, that my job is is myself, and that um, while I do aspire to and and do live a life in service of others, none of that. Um, is effective if I am focused on fixing or or um, any of those other verbs towards others. It is all very much an internal job um, in order to be of higher service to um, to those I'm in community with. Um, and um, and I also um, I have much more of a tolerance and a sort of love of the gray area um, of, you know, things not being right or wrong or, um, you know, this one way being the way I think that healing, this healing journey has really allowed me to just like sit in that gray area and let it be and know that what's true for me is, is, uh, true for me and what's true for others is true for them. And finding that balance, um, can be a really beautiful journey. I was curious if this understanding of the earth, and how its energies are has always been with you because you did mention being spiritual as a child. I think so. I, I think I was maybe less aware of it um, and it was less fostered in the way that I grew up. But um, the deep sense of like peace um, and groundedness I feel in nature and then just some of that like, um, I don't know, that some of that like native wisdom that is just born within us um, about uh, earth and about uh, being outside and um, it transfers a lot into my into my life in many ways but um, yeah this deep sense of being held by um, a power greater than myself and that being so intertwined with like the earth and how it feels to be in nature has been a part of my life since I can remember my father um, was is was always outside and we were just sort of always outside um and I'm so grateful for that um North Dakota wasn't isn't a place that I um you know think I will ever live in again but to have grown up there um was an immense privilege of being able to just be outside all the time Mm -hmm. unless it was negative 50 degrees (laughs) does it get that cold it gets so cold. It's wild. Oh my god! North Dakota. <laughs> yeah. I don't think. I, yeah, I've never been. I was going to say mm. you, uh, the wisdom that you have. You've 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 lived a lot of lifetimes. <laughs> um, your your voice is very your voice is very soothing, calming, and I could see just the the old soul in you. Mm. Uh, how old are you? I'm 28. 28 in this lifetime. In this lifetime, you, you carry thousands of lifetimes. <laughs> Of knowledge, exactly this. Yeah, um, insane. Yeah, I can just, I can feel it. I can feel it. That's right. I'm sure you get that all the time too. From <laughs> I, you know, I do, I do. I recently officiated a friend's wedding, and the people were like, "The voice, the voice," yeah. and I'm like, "Yeah, no, here we are." That voice, that vibration carries. I can already hear it. The, the information from thousands of lifetimes. 
um, very loving, very soothing, very calming. Thank you. That that means a lot, and it um, yeah, mm. it, it means a lot. Yeah. Have you done any therapy work with um, in the within the healing modalities around past lifetimes, or do you? Yeah, is there anything in your own practice of that includes your other lifetimes? Um, less explicitly, but more so, um, I've been shown or seen um, what I believe to be. Um, moments from past lifetimes. And then there are also just things that I like know about my, like, for example, if I'm driving and someone rolls down a window, I immediately feel panicked. And I've had this sense that like that, like something happened to me in a past life where I was like, um, fell out or pushed out of a window. Um, Interesting. And, um, but also I just like, it, it comes less in like a, a knowing of exactly what happened, but like knowing that things that are sort of sticky to me in this life um, are, um, are remnants of, of past lives. Um, the closest I've gotten, I did a hypnotherapy session and a memory went back to when I was um, in utero. I traced it back. And so that's sort of as close as I've gotten in that modality. Wow. In utero. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> which is interesting as a doula to, to meet my in utero self. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of, you being a doula makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think babies are the best people. And if anybody needs a sense of um, hope in this time, um, all of the babies that I have been a doula for um, over the past couple of years are born with like these wide open eyes and just this sense of wisdom that I sense in them. And so it's just like this really hopeful thing that like the lives coming onto the planet right now are like here and they know that their job is to like save it. And I love it so much. Yeah. You're help. You're here to help with the reception of that. That's why you're, you're, your soul called for you to be a doula. That is crazy. You're here. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Well, not insane. It's, it's really cool. (laughs) Yeah. It's Baby really lovely. Yeah. How long uh, have so you been doing you... the doula work? Um, I did my training in the first COVID winter, um, virtually. And then I had a really like beautiful experience where I um, had emailed some folks, um, some indigenous organizations. Um, and one of them was like, hold on, we're doing a doula training these next two weekends for indigenous doulas. So I got to train um uh, with an indigenous doula organization. And that was just like, that felt like home. That felt so, um, beautiful because, you know, I, um, my father is, is native and my grandmother's passed when I was quite young. Um, and so it felt like this sort of reconnection, um, with Mm. knowledge that I like had with like, it just all, it felt, you know, when you learn something, but it actually feels like remembering it. Um, and that's how, you know, it's like within you, that's what that all felt like. And so that really transformed how I practice as a doula. Um, with like birth as ceremony being sort of my main fixture of the, of the work we do together. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Very beautiful. Is, um, <laughs> yeah, um, we can give you the stage. What else might you want um, with this yeah. time on the mic? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I just, I think that, you know, I appreciated the advice question and I, and I just think like taking impeccable care of yourself makes all of the difference. And so, um, it was not something that was felt natural for me to do for a lot of my life, but I just, I really think that just like finding joy and humor and all those things in that process is such a, a privilege. And it's just, um, 
and uh, humor, especially, I think is such an important part of the the healing journey that gets left out sometimes. Like it's not so serious, you know, um, it can't be, it'll get too heavy if, if, if it, if it becomes fully just a serious full-time job. Um, and then for, for anyone who, you know, the discussion of the, um, the, the newsletter or online community, I'm hoping to foster anyone who's interested in that. I welcome them to reach out or check it out. Um, I would love to, to have anyone who's interested as a part of that community. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, Rich brings up a great, great question. Uh, where can the listeners find you? Yeah. So my, uh, my newsletter is ourmedicine.substack.com. Um, and, um, I'm on Instagram at mad.murph.barn. Um, and if you're in Vermont or if you're seeking virtual doula support, um, my, my website is named after my grandmother's it's, um, Mungus doula services. Um, I can send along the spelling to that cause it's a bit long to, to sell it, uh, phonetically. Well, thank, thank you both you so much. This was on. such a, yeah, thank you both. This is so fun. I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, it was oh, awesome so having fun. you here. If you like this episode, please subscribe. I'm JR. For more tips, tools, and techniques on healing, find me and Helen on Discord. That's so lovely. Thanks, Murphy. You're welcome. Thank you.